Eichel down the middle alone. Slides it into the goal. Jack Eichel. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Still in the zone. Theodore, one-timer, wide right. Rebound, wah, he scores! This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Ryan Wallace, Section 104 inside T-Mobile Arena, getting myself ready for Vegas and Florida. Chris Chapman live inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215, home of the... Woo! Started lackluster there, Chapman. You want me to do it again? Yeah, you just didn't have any energy at the beginning. What of the are you week. talking about? I, 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 there was no energy at the beginning of the week. We got better, middle I, to end. I bring energy, but there wasn't much energy at the beginning of the week. It's fine. Like I'm okay with it. I get it. You go oh five and oh on a road trip. You're you're coming home to play, arguably the best team in the league in the Florida Panthers. Like I I get I get a little lack of energy from your no no I I mean that's fine. The, the the thing is that you you kind of forget that the Florida Panthers actually employ one of my favorite players in the entire NHL so I'm actually very very excited for tonight because it's the first time in quite a few years I get okay. to I get to see Sasha Barkov actually play oh so you're coming to the game yeah yeah oh I'm I wouldn't miss this one yeah okay so that's kind of where I want to start here and we're uh, we're awaiting Darren Millard he is en route to joining us here um, at, at, at T-Mobile Arena. And we'll get into one-timers. As, as you know, we mentioned yesterday, it's an abbreviated VGK Insider Show. We're going to go for an hour and a half, 5 to 6.30. At 6.30, I will preempt myself, which is one of the fun things to do in this broadcasting business when I get to actually kick myself off the air. Pre-game show will go at 6.30. We have quite the pre-game show for you as well. Uh, just letting you know ahead of time, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna sit down with Darren Elliott, who was on the road trip for the Vegas Golden Knights doing color commentary with Dan Duvin. We alluded to it yesterday. Uh, I feel it's important to kind of bring it up once again. This is, this is a guy in Darren Elliott who has, has just a, a great resume in hockey, thinks the game in such a really deep and interesting way. And you know, I'm just gonna say it right now. I think we're gonna get into the weeds a little bit on the pregame show. You're, you're not gonna want to miss that. That'll come around seven o'clock tonight as we get you geared up ready to go for Vegas and Florida now Chapman I got to ask you a question because I and I know it's going to be skewed because you're a big Sasha Barkov guy and like I, I don't blame you um, but do you believe Jonathan Huberdeau should be in the Hart Trophy conversation what does he have like 65 assists or something yeah, absolutely insane like he's, that he's a point behind Connor McDavid but he doesn't have 20 goals yet on the year yeah is he is at 19 I think yeah. right yeah uh, you know, it's I, I I think we need to look at the Hart Trophy as more than a guy who just scores goals. I mean, it's how valuable he is to his team, and I think you can make the case that the Florida Panthers are not in a possible President's Trophy winning position without Jonathan Huberdeau. I think they're not in a position without Sasha Barkov. Yeah, but you got to remember, Sasha Barkov missed a bunch of games. He was out for for a bit, and Huberdeau kind of carried the team. How many? How much carrying of the team are you doing when it's like majority <laughs> second second assists, right? Like you you want to look at goals, you want to look at, at primary assists. Like 
for Jonathan Huberdeau, it's it's not really there. Like, it's a lot of secondary assists, which, like, by all means, rack them up. Like, I'm totally good with that. You do you. But he's not even the best player on his team, Chris. No, right? no, like, I, I think you can make the case that he's not. And to be completely honest with you, as much as you can say Jonathan Huberdeau has kind of carried this team in the absence of, say, Alexander Barkov or anybody else, this is one of the deepest teams in the NHL right now in the Florida Panthers. you got... Uh, multiple 20-goal scorers on this team. Jonathan Huberdeau is right there kind of knocking on the door. It's hard to pinpoint one guy that makes this Florida Panthers team go because it's a collective. Like they, When you look at team, when you look at all guys pulling on the same rope to get to final destination, it's this Florida Panthers team. They're just so deep and just so good. Yeah, and I think one of the aspects that's kind of gotten lost in, in the fact that we we are kind of – just lauding this team and, and, and really saying that they are a legit contender for the Stanley Cup is the bounce-back season that Sergei Bobrovsky's had. Sure. Yeah. Like, he he has been the guy that the Panthers expected when they gave him that massive deal. It finally clicked, and maybe all it took was getting benched for Spencer Knight in the playoffs to kind of light that fire because I don't think he's going to win the Vezina, but he's playing at that caliber again where, where he's certainly – among the best goalies in the NHL once again. And, and I think it helps the fact that he's got a really, really good team in front of him, but he's still got to stop the pucks. And he's done a really good job, and Spencer Knight has been really good as well. Yeah, I, you're, you're spot on there. I, again, it, it's a Florida Panthers team, and we're going to get into it as, as the show progresses today, of what the Florida Panthers are, because to me, they're a team that can beat you in multiple different ways. Their their in-zone play is really interesting, very similar to, say, the Colorado Avalanche. They'll play three men high in the zone. They'll try to stretch things out, open up seams. They're good there. They're great on the rush. And I think when you look at tonight's game, and and we'll, we'll kind of get into this, the Golden Knights' detail in the neutral zone is going to have to be really, really on point because – for Florida, when they're playing at their best, when they're using their speed to their advantage, they're really good uh, in transition. So for the Golden Knights, I think the the objective, at least defensively in this one, is going to be to try to shut it down there. But we'll get full preview going here soon on the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. But we have a special guest Ooh. joining us here on the program with a beautiful sweater. I, I don't know. Have you seen this? Get. I haven't seen it. I'm looking at it right now. That's a beautiful sweater. Look at you. You're gonna wear that on the on the broadcast. Yeah. Or what? So it's a uh, IIHF International Ice Hockey Federation yeah. official jersey of Ireland. Yeah. Nice. Now, do you speak Gaelic? Do you understand Gaelic I, or I, Irish I, or whatever? I, I don't. Because there's they have this inscription inside the sweater. Yeah. And um, I can't read it. And I and I just drove in yeah. with Dave and Shane. How was that? It was good. I sat in the back seat. Yeah. Did you this, feel like a kid again? In this big Cadillac. <laughs> and it was outstanding. It was like going to a minor hockey tournament in Manitoba. All we were missing was the hockey bags in the, in the very back. And I uh, had a lot of conversation. And I tried to get Dave to read this to me because he's a big Irish guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, spends a lot of time in, in Ireland, actually. And I'm not even kidding about that. And he, he couldn't figure it out either. But, but yeah, it's a, it's a bright green mm. Ireland national team jersey, the, the crests on the shoulders yeah are spectacular Where are they? I, I like the nameplate in the back it's fun yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, they did it with my name and my number and yeah i uh, my buddy did this for me uh who I hadn't talked to in a couple of years wow and it just out of the blue showed up yeah so uh um, so that this is my this is my i'm 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 it's like 
making an offering to mm. the gods. Okay. I, I thought you were just going to say it was a good luck charm. Well, that's that's it. It's part of the same. I'm <laughs> I'm bringing this. I'm going to wear it at the start of the show tonight on the on the TV side as my green mm. for St. Patrick's Day, and also a little bit of luck of the Irish maybe will seep into the building, and we'll get going tonight. I will find out what that says for you. Yeah. In the first break. Really? I prom- yeah. You know people? Or you just put it on Twitter? Yeah, it's Google. Oh. Yeah. Google Translate. Yeah, I think you could take a picture All of it. All you have to do is, is type it into Google Translate, and it'll okay. give you an idea. I'll, I'll take that from you, uh-huh. but not from Chapman. Hey, you can, I mean, well, listen, you I can mean, jump after, in right now and he, start getting he, mad at Chapman. Even after, I knew that. After yesterday's yeah, performance, well, yeah. between not paying attention yep. and answering a question that wasn't even asked, <laughs> and, then, and then going down a path for his catching up with Chapman and trying to say names that he had no business even attempting. Well, the- the problem is, if you're going to throw out a trade tree, give us the relevant portions of, of the, the trade, trade tree, tree. That, that lead us to understand why well, Brady McNabb listen, is a part the, of that the, trade the, tree. The, the trade tree that I found online was very confusing. So uh, then, save it, then save it until you understand it. I They're don't think there's any way confusing. I would have understood it. No? No. Oh, man. So Ryan McGill and Braden McNabb are both part of the Wayne Gretzky trade tree this is fun and i sent a text over to ryan mcgill Mm -hmm. i said i think i knew this but i was reminded again tonight that you were part of the wayne gretzky trade that's 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 so cool Mm -hmm. and he said it's always nice to be associated with a great one yeah i'm sure something that uh that he can cling to and he, he left one of those uh crying emojis (laughs) like <laughs> laughing, crying, all that kind of stuff. Do you, do you, do you think? Uh, do you like it when teams wear green or special edition sweaters on on St. Patrick's Day? I absolutely do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I I think green is is a really fun color. It's nice to have fun. It's it's cool. It's 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 okay to lean into fun a little bit. I know that's a really str- a stretch coming from me, the curmudgeon of the mm-hmm. show. Um, but yeah, I mean, I. I you know, I'll be honest with you. It should be the Toronto St. Pat's versus the Hartford Whalers tonight. It, it, the, the Hurricanes absolutely ruined the aesthetic of this game by not just throwing on Whaler sweaters. Yeah, that uh, that makes a little bit of sense. The the Leafs can kind of get away with it because of the St. Pat's. Mm. It's a bit of a stretch, but I get it. It's every but every is, time this year. Is that not the only team that wears green on St. Patrick's Day? Other than Dallas Stars. Yeah, I mean, sure. Yes. Teams do it in warm-up. But well, nobody, nobody has a special edition I, jersey. Basketball, they have, they have a different I, kit every week. I would argue that the NHL should lean into that. Like, there's no reason you can't wear specialty jerseys in a game. I don't, believe, I, like, I don't, I don't think there's any reason you can't do it. I really don't. Like, you want to you wanna lean into green for St. Patrick's Day and you got a home game? Do it. Mm-hmm. I'm all for it. Maybe, maybe not every holiday, but this one as a one-off. I don't know, Darren. You you can get a lot of really cool Star Wars jerseys going in the NHL. But minor league teams do it all the time. I sure they, they wear. That, that, but I, be, I don't. I don't want to see that here. in the National oh, League. Oh come on! I don't want to see. I don't want to see Thanksgiving jerseys. Cloud. I don't want to see Christmas jerseys. I don't want to see anything but the regular kit outside. Of maybe St. Patrick's Day. Really, that that's would be your the one, one the one, the one where everybody can like. Who doesn't? You don't have to be Irish. Everybody pretends they're Irish. It's the it's the most unifying 
holiday that it's not a holiday mm-hmm. that that we have, right? That doesn't involve uh, religion. Mm-hmm. Uh, that everybody can kind of get around, even though it's uh, a nationalistic holiday. Everybody's for what one day wants to be uh, Irish. Sure, and it I involves just drinking your face off. I've never had a bad St. Patrick's Day. That's my experience. Generally, I have never had a bad St. Patrick's Day. I've had St. Patrick's Days I don't remember. Mm-hmm. Oh, but, amateur. But amateur night. Generally, when I don't remember things, uh, it, it, it usually means it's a good night. What's the most green thing you've done? Milk, milkshakes, beer, French um, fries, like, like the, the stupidest, goofiest thing <laughs> that, that, that you've done that... And Chapman, you could probably chime in on it, this. It would it would be green beer. Like yeah. that's that's about as as like much as I'll lean into it. Obviously, corned beef is 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 on the is on the menu. Corned beef and cabbage. Like I'm not gonna turn that down ever on a thing on a on a St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, green beer is probably the the most I've ever leaned into it hard. Some people really get excited, like go hard yeah. on it every year. You're not that. You're not that no. person. No. When like when did when did St. Patrick's Day stop becoming that for you? I don't think it ever was. Really? Yeah. We got to go to Chap. We got to go to Chapman. Chapman. I don't think, I don't think it ever was. Well, for me, the, the the green beer is probably the extent of the the greenest I've ever gone. But I was in Chicago one year for St. Patrick's Day many years ago. UNLV was in the NCAA tournament, and they happened to play in Chicago when it was over St. Patrick's Day, and it happened to fall on a Saturday, which was very cool. And the city really, really embraces, obviously, a lot of diversity in Chicago, but they really, really embrace St. Patrick's Day. They they turn the river, Chicago River, green. Yeah. So if you're downtown, you kind of see the, the, the green in the river. Uh, they have a massive parade. I hung out in Wrigleyville, which is a very cool area, a lot of Irish pubs there. And uh, I, I had a blast. It was one of the probably one of the best St. Patrick's Days I can remember. Um, one of the towns I, I lived in in New Jersey, Bayonne, actually used to have a St. Patrick's Day parade, too. Very, very Irish town. And uh, they really went in and went in hard on that as well. And uh, very, very good times. I, I, I'm like Ryan. I don't think I've ever had a bad St. Patrick's Day. And I, I certainly remember all of my St. Patrick's what, Days. What's a bad St. Patrick's Day? I think if you get sick because you drink too much, I think that would probably qualify as a bad St. Uh, Patrick's Day. Then I probably had a couple of bad St. Patrick's or if Days. You, or if you, you, you black out, that's probably not a good St. Patrick's Day either. Huh. Uh, I mean, I might have had relative. one or two of those, too. <laughs> it's all relative. <laughs> huh. I'm a big, big St. Patrick's Day guy. I like it. It's fun. But the rink right now is totally dressed up. We've got a pot yeah. of gold. We've got a leprechaun running across the scoreboard. The, the green background on Nitron yep. and the... LED rings uh, in the rink are all dressed up. It's, it's going to be cool. And the warm-up sweaters will be nice. I, Dave uh, Gosher has an outstanding blue and green suit mm. that that actually he pulls it off. Yeah, like It's not just a suit that you'd wear for St. Patrick's Day, but it's perfect for St. Patrick's Day because it's not loud and obnoxious. No. And in your face green, it, it can pull it off. Uh, there's some There's some good things going on around the rink. I don't have anything green other than the sweater. You you say that as if Dave can't pull anything off. Well, sometimes people go a little bit too hard with the green. No, no. This and, is when you lean into it. And it becomes, as, as Pete DeVore said today, <laughs> when you dress up and you go out for St. Patrick's Day, you end up being wearing some, some bad clothes because you're just looking for anything that's green. Mm-hmm. And it's usually you usually end up with some 
pretty ugly clothes uh, that don't match and don't don't connect very well. And green is a tough one to connect anyway. No, it's not. But Dave tonight, if you watch the TV broadcast, he's got a good setup going. Shane's got the green tie and the green socks, but Dave's got the whole package. He, he put some thought into it. I wouldn't order a suit that had green in it because mm. I don't think I'd wear it enough sure. all year round, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to justify just having it for St. Patrick's Day, and we don't play necessarily every St. Patrick's Day. Mm. So like the Leafs. Uh, the, uh, that, that would be a waste. But Dave, he, he went in hard. Dave's also a millionaire, so he can afford <laughs> this kind of thing. And, and he had his, his driver today. His oh, driver that yep. that drove uh, drove us in. Yep. His driver had a green tie on today. Really? That's that's how extensive uh, Dave Gosher is. If I could, if I could have just a little bit of money, mm. like Gosh, just yeah. a, just a fraction of the cash that that guy has. I, you got to be chauffeured here today. That's nice. Yeah. Well, only because I had a vehicle issue. So uh, that's <laughs> that's the only reason why. And they 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 kind of sucked it up and and accepted me. Only a, a ride here. Not a ride home, <laughs> only a ride. It was a, it was a, it was made clear to me yeah. that it was a one-way ticket uh, into T-Mobile Arena for the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. What, what are you expecting tonight? I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, I'm expecting the Florida Panthers to be good, mainly because I didn't think they played particularly well for a large portion of the game against the San Jose Sharks. And then... 23 minutes, third period in overtime. And then they get, you know, a solid 20-minute effort. They get an overtime win. Like, it's it's kind of it's kind of something that you can get away with when you're as talented and as deep as the Florida Panthers are. Uh, but I, I still view this, this Florida Panthers team as one that is not going to accept two subpar games in a row. So... That being said, I expect Florida to be very, very good, and I'm thinking that the Golden Knights look at this as just an opportunity against a really good club to, to lean into being an underdog. You know, I, I, I think that that's how you have to do it. You have to find whatever edge you can in this game, and I, and I think the Golden Knights are going to hope to come into this one looking to make a statement against Florida. Really, I, I think that that's what they have to do. Somebody whispered in my ear today, David versus Goliath. Mm. Yeah, feels that way, which is astounding for a team that added Jack Eichel to its mm. lineup this year and a team that has been to the last two Final Fours in the NHL. Compliment to the Florida Panthers as, wow. as much as anything. <laughs> the, the injuries play a role uh, yeah. big time with who's going to be out of the lineup, making the Vegas Golden Knights David, but... The performance being second overall and being able to score as many goals as the Florida Panthers do Video and game. be able to snap their fingers. I'm telling you, if Vegas gets up by one, two, three, four, this is still a game tonight because of the way the Florida Panthers can just turn it on and score goals. And I know that Vegas is beat up on the back end mm -hmm. and, and they're not getting uh, any healthier tonight. That's for sure. But, and that's going to cause uh, some stress uh, within uh, the, the game plan of trying to shut down the Florida Panthers. But even without that, like, even, if, even if Vegas has a full complement, mm -hmm. the Florida Panthers are still a team that is, uh, is arguably the best in the National Hockey League 
and the most feared in the National Hockey League when it comes to scoring goals. They don't have Stamkos. They don't have uh, Kucherov. They don't have Matthews and Rick David. Yeah. But they have some homegrown talent and then some other guys that they brought in the organization that can just flat out fill the net. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're averaging four goals a game. They they don't have, like, one period that's exponentially better than another period. Like, they score as much in the first period as they do in the second and third period. And in overtime, they're they're just lights out fantastic. Um, this is an incredibly deep team that has a lot of different guys that you can put into situations where you, you get a couple of goals. As you mentioned the other day, like, the catalyst for the Florida Panthers was Frank Vetrano, who was – expendable to bring in a one of the coveted pieces at this trade deadline and Ben Chirot. Like this is a team that's all in right now. And when you have, and, and, and I think you, you mentioned it and it's, it's probably the most important thing, homegrown guys, right? Like mm-hmm. you've got guys that came up throughout the, that organization that are right now playing some phenomenal hockey and doing it on cheap deals. And that's allowing this Florida Panthers team to supplement with really good players. And it's going to, I think, give them an opportunity to go really big at this trade deadline because it has to be an all-in year for them. Two best forwards, drafted and developed. Best defenseman, drafted, developed. They paid them, and I thought they overpaid them big time early. But Aaron Eckblad has lived up to that contract. And with uh, inflation or the acceleration uh, of the salary cap, it's turned out to be a, a decent deal. And then Spencer Knight, homegrown talent. Yeah. They paid a goaltender $10 million to come in, and they probably wouldn't have uh, Sergei Bobrovsky had they known that Spencer Knight was going to be uh, on this type of path. They would have kept Dreger and, and uh, Spencer Knight. But they, they've combined homegrown talent, and they've combined uh, some free agent acquisitions, and they've done it with a couple of different general managers. Still, this team, the Florida Panthers, mm-hmm. for all of their Goliath-type stats and columns, haven't won a playoff series since 1996. <laughs> Have not won a playoff series mm-hmm. since my pal Doug McLean coached. He reminds me of that all the time. <laughs> uh, that That's an incredible drought. And it took them long enough. Yeah. Like, for... for we just ran through the list. They're top heavy, and they can get up and down the ice, and they can fill a net. But it, it wasn't worth that drought. Well, that was kind of the other thing to be said. Like it, it, it's it's a it's a commentary, obviously, on on the injuries that the Golden Knights have had to play through this year. But it's also a commentary on the the Florida Panthers kind of getting that misnomer, getting that um, reputation this regular season as Goliath in the National Hockey League. When you kind of peel back all the layers in the playoffs, they're unproven. You know, yeah, they no, they no, no, they're they're a great regular season team right now. Yeah, they are. And and you know, for the Florida Panthers, I think the the, the fact of the matter is, it doesn't really matter what they do in the regular season. They're going to have to win a playoff series this year, and I think that's what's going to be informing this team over the next four days, how they approach the trade deadline, what pieces they try to bring in, how they try to fortify this team. All that matters is when the regular season's over, they get some combination of 16 wins. I don't know whether they get Claude Giroux or not. kind of hope they do. <laughs> Be fun. kind of hope they do. Sure, yeah. And if, if you ever got that second-round series between Florida and Tampa with all the adjustments that they've made, and... I saw a poll this week on the coach of the year. 
and how John Cooper wasn't included in the top five on that. Like, if people go outside, shake your head because there's something stuck in there, <laughs> and you need to you need to unlock it mm-hmm. because yep. John Cooper, the job that he's done uh, and been able to keep that team, he's got talent. But he lost a whole line. Yeah. And, and he's got a team that's going for the third champion, and they're still really, really good and challenging. But uh, Florida's uh, dealt with their, their, their own adversity uh, with their head coach. And, and don't talk about Bruno uh, taking over behind the bench uh, in Andrew Burnett. And they've managed to stay the course and, and take control of that division. Uh, I'll, I'll, believe, I'll believe it whether they acquire Claude Giroux or not. Uh, when they win a playoff series, Unt- until then, they're a fun team to watch. But I don't know. I don't know about the the playoffs. I Vegas. I know if they get people back, mm-hmm. I, I I I'm all in on them because I know what those players can do and have done. Yeah, they're proven there. And we've we've watched, and we don't have questions about uh, being able to take it to that next level, back to back third rounds in the Stanley Cup playoffs. Mm-hmm. Question there is. Can they get healthy? Florida's healthy. The question is, do they have the intangibles to not not, not win the Stanley Cup, but but win around? I I mean that's the only thing that, that they're going to be judged on right now, mm-hmm. and that's and and that's an interesting spot to be in because you know you're you're going to get a relatively good opponent in in round number one, regardless of who of who you face if you're the Florida Panthers and. You know, it, it it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how they handle that pressure because you know even last year getting into the playoffs playing against Tampa like I don't know how many people really gave Florida a chance there so you're kind of playing well, with house money. They were missing Ekblad in that, so, yeah, in but that you, series. But but that's my point. Like you get in and you're kind of playing with house money. Like if you do some damage, great. But if you don't, okay. They were the higher seed in that series. Sure, but I mean Tampa did what they needed to do in the regular yeah. season just to get there. Like you always knew that Tampa Bay Lightning, when it mattered in in a seven game series, Look, like it's that a hard series, out. Florida Florida should have won that series if they, they got goaltending. They used three different goalies and didn't have Ekblad. They, they should have been able to win that series. And that's you can't fine. tell me with any type of goaltending and with Ekblad, they don't win that series. I, I still don't think they win that series, even with goaltending and Ekblad. They I, found I really a don't. way to lose that series. <laughs> More which, than which as is much a green as Tampa team did getting into the playoffs and not having not having too too much of like the weight of the expectations weren't there now, like it's going to be there for Florida. They're going to have to go in, understanding that nothing is acceptable except for four wins in, in the first seven games. And then you've got Vegas, who has dealt with massive adversity from training to tonight. Yep, and. More adversity on Saturday. I don't know what it is necessarily yet. Even if it's just status quo, there's more adversity because of who's going to continue uh, to be out of the lineup. We've got a bit of an update uh, on Pete DeBoer on that uh, in just a little bit. If they get healthy, you got to think that they're dealing with that house money of we've had this crazy, goofy year. Now we got our pieces back. Let's go. you got to get in. That's that's the problem. That you got to get in. Florida's in, mm-hmm. and but they haven't dealt with any adversity. Andrew Burnett was asked the other day. You guys, you guys score, outscore your mistakes all the time. Mm-hmm. Yep. So what what do you think it's going to be like like when you when you do run into a dip or 
if that challenge is in the playoffs? Like, how, how do you think you'll, your team will react? He said, I, I don't know. Because we haven't faced, we haven't been able to be fortunate. Mm-hmm. We've been fortunate that we haven't been in that position to really have to fight through anything. Yeah. It's been such a good season. Nobody wants adversity. But sometimes it can teach you a little bit about mm-hmm. what you, especially a coach. Yeah. You know, okay, we went through a couple of rough patches. I could lean on this guy. I couldn't do that to that guy. I couldn't press the buttons over here, but I can press buttons over here. I know a little bit about these guys. Andrew Burnett has never been a coach in the Stanley Cup playoffs before. No. They, they, as good as their season's been, they're flying blind. The difference between him and Pete DeBoer is experience, mm-hmm. and he knows what buttons to press, and he's also been through hell this year yeah. when it comes to the season. Which, which, when, which bench would I rather run? I want to run Florida. Of course. But if, yeah. if both teams are, end up healthy on day one of the Stanley Cup playoffs, I'm asking for a hall pass to go down to the Vegas room. Because I know what to expect there. I I don't think that you're, yeah, I don't think that you're wrong there. I mean, you you have a proven track record in the playoffs with the Vegas Golden Knights. You just do, up until a point, obviously. But then then you look at what this season has represented for Vegas. If you come through the other side, if you go through these final 20 games and the Golden Knights find a way to get themselves into the playoffs, that's more adversity that they've faced in the regular season than they've ever faced ever, period. And so I think that makes you better. I think it, it kind of fortifies you a bit for a playoff run that, that should be extended, depending on who you end up playing in the first round. But even then, I, I give the Golden Knights kind of the, the lean there anyway because you don't want to play a team that's going to have to do what Vegas has to do over the final 20 going into the playoffs because it means they have to be playing well, they have to be racking up points, and they're going to be playing in meaningful games. And they're going to be a week or so ahead of everyone else that's already into a playoff spot. And then depending on where you get in. Sure. And, and what team you draw. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be fast. And we'll get into uh, some of the uh, situations with the Vegas Golden Knights and injury update from Pete DeBoer, uh, as well as some starting lineup uh, information and who might be taking the ice tonight for the Vegas Golden Knights from Section 104 at T-Mobile Arena on location, getting ready for the Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. This is the BGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Good morning. Happy St. Patrick's Day, my favorite holiday. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. That was awesome. Like Everybody expecting, and there was a big media group today at City National Arena awaiting the head coach, Pete DeBoer, who uh, came into the, the session, and we were all wondering, is he, is he going to be grumpy? Is he going to be angry? Is he going to be tense? Because the team's lost five in a row in regulation, first time ever. Yeah. What's this going to be like? Sure. And he walks in and goes, happy St. Patrick's Day. My favorite holiday. Again. That, uh, Never like, had a bad St. Patrick's Day. I love it. Yeah. That, Pete DeBoer continues to impress me and uh, and keep me uh, on my toes. And, uh, and it, again, there was all these people just, just wondering. And I was thinking, who's going to ask the first question and what's it going to be? Is it going to be about goaltending? No, nobody's going to go there. Nobody's going <laughs> to poke the bear uh, just yet. And then he, he walks in like a chippy little Irishman. And uh, Pete DeBoer, ready to go tonight. Uh, does look like they will start 
Logan Thompson in mm-hmm. goal mm-hmm. Uh, for his fourth National Hockey League start. Uh, Robin Leonard not available. More on that coming up in hour number two, and we will take you right up to 6.30 tonight mm-hmm. uh, on the VGK Insider Show. And then the uh, pregame show with uh, Ryan uh, leads you into the play-by-play with Dan Duva and Gary Lawless at 7.30. Note that special start time. If you're driving to the rink right now, note that it's a 7.30 start uh, with the Florida Panthers and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, but Logan Thompson uh, gets the call after Laurent Brassois stumbled against the Winnipeg Jets. I'm a little surprised. I am surprised too, but uh, you know, I, you you got to just try to find some combination that's that's going to get the job done for you. And if you know, if you look at that Winnipeg Jets game as as kind of Pete DeBoer has, um, you know, if if you're if you're kind of assessing, got to get in front of pucks, got to get in front of pucks, um, you got to try to change something up. And and I understand and recognize that Logan Thompson played in that Winnipeg game and did allow some goals, but you're you're kind of putting him into a, a really tough situation there on the road when your your starter didn't have it. So um, I think it's a way to kind of send a message to the rest of the room that, that Pete DeBoer is going to go with the lineup he thinks is going to give him the best chance to win. And I think it's also a message to Loren Brossois that, that when you get back in, I need you to be at the top of your game to help us win. Could the other part be Saturday is a really important game within the division? It, and I know you've lost five in a row and you don't want to make it six. Yeah but you're facing the second-best team points-wise in the National Hockey League tonight, and they're humming, and you're not. Do you do you give Brassois a couple of extra practice days to be ready for that game and, uh, for lack of a better uh, expression, tossing the kid to the Wolves tonight, uh, thrive, survive, or we're, at least we're giving our other guy a little bit of time to recoup? There's certainly an element of that that i can understand and, and, and make sense to me that's but what if, i'm selling myself but if the golden knights end up winning tonight like let's just say for the sake of argument logan thompson's fantastic you're not mm-hmm. going away from logan thompson against the kings i, I we, you've lost five in a row you, if you get a win tonight i don't think you change anything no it's, no i think if you win seven six logan thompson starts okay fine that's that's fair but i'm talking about this this under the impression of if you win and logan mm-hmm. thompson's good I don't run it back with anything different. I don't go back to Laurent Brossois. I go, I go with the goaltender that gets me a win if he looks good in doing so, especially against this Florida Panthers team that fills the back of the net. Uh, so where, where are you with Logan Thompson? I, I think it's an opportunity, right? Like we, We've talked about next man up on this team all year long. We've talked about guys filling into roles, jumping in, scoring big goals. We, we've seen it from the Paul Cotters and the Jake Lecisions and the Jonas Ronbjergs. Uh, you're going to need it from Logan Thompson. He came in, he got his first career NHL win against the San Jose Sharks. He's gotten, I think, obviously more opportunities this year than than anyone really expected him to be because of, of the injury issues. But it's an opportunity to go out and have the game of your life because the game of your life might lead to another one and then another one. And, and that's really kind of where the Golden Knights are at right now. If you get something that you can ride, you ride it. And the reason why I ask where you're at with him is because Laurent came out uh, against the Winnipeg Jets. Logan went in, and he didn't shut it down. He didn't put up the wall. No, it, uh, you can make a case that it was the the Jets were feeling it, and, and they were going to score anyway. But that's not the uh, the tone that we heard from Pete DeBoer after the game. It was your goaltender's got to be better. 
and they, they got to get in front of some pucks. Was that directed more at the veteran, Brassois? Yes. Mm-hmm. But I think you look at the whole game, and you gave up seven, and it was almost divided equally between the two. Uh, is is Pete taking a chance? Is Pete up against it right now? In in like, is he? Is there a right and a wrong answer right now with his goaltenders? I think with, with what he's got with with the way the two guys are, are right now. Mm-hmm. In one in is playing, and the other one in his career. Is there a right or wrong answer? Uh, there's probably not. It, it's it's equal. Uh, uh, you could, you could easily trot out Laurent Brassois tonight and and sell me that the veteran guy get back in there and 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 play well. I, I'd buy that. And and I'm I'm perfectly accepting of what you said. The, the game of his life yeah. uh, for Logan Thompson. We saw it a couple of nights ago in Toronto. Sure, they put a 25 year old guy that never started a game in the National Hockey League in there because they were so disappointed in everybody else. Yep. And he tossed a shutout. He's scoreless through two periods, too, tonight. So his first five periods as a starter, yeah. he's been perfect. Yeah. Are you, and, and he'd never played in, 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 in started in the National Hockey League, mopped up uh, yeah. uh, one game. Yeah. So are you, are, are, is Vegas in that spot right now where they're just uh, disappointed or don't have the, the faith right now, mm-hmm. and they're looking for something? I mean, you don't have Robin Leonard available to you, right? So you don't have your number one goalie. I, I would, I, like, I don't think there's a wrong answer. I would alternate. Like, I would strictly alternate Loren Brossois and Logan Thompson until one guy takes advantage of it and takes the job. I would. If until, this is Robin Leonard getting pulled in Winnipeg, Robin Leonard's back in there. Hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. But you don't, you don't have that guy that you feel confident you can lean on right now. So you've got to find it. You've got to discover it, and you need one of these two to lean into it, to do it. It's it's Right now, it's an audition. Whoever can take the crease is going to get it, I think, in this, in this situation. If Logan Thompson can go out there and have a fantastic game, I would not be surprised if he is out there on Saturday against the LA Kings because you need to feel some confidence in your goaltending. If it's not there right now, you keep going back and forth until you get something to go. I'm going to tell you a little story. Little, just a little inside story on on how things work athletic with athletes. Mm. So right now, Logan Thompson has as and he would never say this, and Brassois would never say what I'm going to give thoughts here. Yep. But this is I'm projecting my own thoughts, experiences, and feelings as somebody that was uh, overly sensitive and is overly sensitive and is worried about what everybody's feeling and what they're saying and how they're they're offering opinions about my performance or or my game. So Logan Thompson is is getting the start not because of injury but because of poor performance by his tandem mate. That immediately gives him more confidence. That may sound weird, but he's getting this. The, the, the coach is making a decision to start him. Mm-hmm. The decision's not made for him because there's a back-to-back. The decision's not made for him because uh, there's injuries. Th- this is, we weren't happy with this guy, so we're starting you. Mm-hmm. And Logan Thompson looks at it and says, he stumbled. That means they've got more confidence in me. My chest is, is bigger. Yeah. 
Now, the, it can work the other way on Saturday if, if with Bressois. Like, it can totally work the other way. Sure. But that's where the innards of a goaltending uh, athlete will be. And I'm curious whether he, he jumps on that. It, it's a marvelous test and a huge challenge. And there's not a bigger one right now in the National Hockey League. And boy, oh boy, could he make a statement tonight. Uh, we've got our play of the day coming up from a, another team that's got some pretty good offensive talent, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Plus, we have two tickets uh, to give away to Saturday's matinee between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Los Angeles Kings. We're going straight through to 6.30. Another half hour of the VGK Insider Show. But up next, it's the play of the day on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Had four games last night in the National Hockey League. It was a, a doubleheader on the national telecast. Uh, so there's uh, some big names, some big players, some big games involved. But the, the biggest part from a Vegas Golden Knights standpoint is none of the competitors for that final playoff spot in the Western Conference were in action. So Vegas, uh, through a uh, five-game losing streak, wake up again today in a playoff spot. That's a pretty darn good thing. That's my St. Paddy's Day smile and spin on it. But the play of the day actually goes to a team that was facing the 32nd franchise in the Seattle Kraken mm -hmm. and a couple of future Hall of Famers connected on one dynamic two-on-one. The Tampa Bay Lightning blew them out. For Everly, right circle backhander blocked in front by Sergachev. Rebound held in, done left point. Process pass knocked away by Kucherov. Kucherov out to center ice. Beat Stamkos, maybe a two-on-one across the line. Stamkos right circle in front. Kucherov shoots. Score! Kucherov! It was a two-on-one. Kucherov to stamp, goes back to Kucherov. Grubauer went sliding down on his side, but the puck just got past him, and the Lightning have tied the game at one. Boy, he had that shot in and bounced out of the net so quickly, but a nice uh, saucer pass by Stamkos. Kuch didn't waste any time when he got there, just night right on his stick and right away. That might be the the scariest two-on-one that you can face in the National Hockey League. Dreisaitl, mm -hmm. McDavid. Kucherov, Stamkos, uh -huh. Pasternak, uh, Marchand. Yeah. Like, there's Nylander or, and Matthews or Marner and Matthews. There, there's a small group of players uh, that you'd really, really dread. Mm -hmm. uh, that one's right at the top of the list. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I wouldn't want to be a goalie staring down uh, Steven Stamkos and Nikita Kucherov. Um, at all because it, it's just it's automatic at that point right like you give those two players a little bit of time a little bit of space and and it doesn't take much especially when you have that release from Kucherov it's it's and both guys right like Stamkos can pull the trigger yeah Kucherov can pull the trigger you're always leaving the goaltender guessing in that situation it's just almost unfair well the goalie screwed up completely screwed up and Philip Grubauer. That doesn't sound like Grubauer this no, year. Come no, on. no, he completely what, screwed up. What are you talking about? He, That's weird. You know why he screwed up? He tried to make the save. <laughs> Here, here's what, and David Leggio was the goaltender who did this a couple of years ago in the American Hockey League. He was facing a two-on-one. You know what David Leggio did? He turned around and threw the net in the corner. And, and the rule was yep. a penalty shot. Sure. So what David Leggio did every time he faced a two-on-oh was throw the net off yeah. and say, I'd rather face one guy 
than two players. It's fantastic. Brilliant. Yeah, I well, like it. Well, it, it, they eventually changed the rule, and, and uh, it, it wasn't worthwhile doing that anymore. But Philip Grubauer, 2-1-1 with Stamkos and Kucherov, turn around and knock the net off. <laughs> yeah, okay. Kill a well, penalty. I, listen, I, I'd i be here for it because I think it'd be fun. Um, but there's no chance that Philip Grubauer is going to do that in an NHL game. Come on. That was the time to do it because it was a long two-on-one <laughs> coming down. He would have had an opportunity to to figure out just who at, they were. At least make it look like like you know you you fall and it's awkward and you accidentally knock the net off. Like don't make it super egregious. That Seattle game last night, they honored Mark Giordano for his thousandth game. Uh huh. He went out, took the acknowledgement. And then got undressed. Yeah. He, it was it was uh, acknowledging him for playing his thousandth game the game before, well and then he was scratched last <laughs> night to save him for the <laughs> NHL trade deadline. You don't think this game can be bizarre at times, strange, different? Yep. yep. That's what it was. He did take part in the warm up, and then got uh, healthy scratched. Uh, we've got one more half hour to come. Uh, we've got some one timers as well as a little bit more on the Vegas lineup tonight on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Allen starts it out, maybe a three-on-one. Right side, Allen comes in with Colasar, got to do it, he scores! Because one hour isn't enough, we welcome you back for hour number two of the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Harvinson looking for more, shooting, kick save! Grossois flexes out with the right pass. Now it's behind the goal, another try, another save, Grossois! From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com with your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Oh, we've got some tickets to give away in this half hour of the show leading up to the pregame program at the bottom of the clock. Faceoff tonight is 7.30, which is the only reason why we are still on air. Normally, Ryan takes over and does the whole pregame show himself uh, at 6 o'clock. So I want to let you know, that if you're on your way to the rink right now, yeah, you got some time to kill. So uh, go out, enjoy the uh, Toshiba Plaza uh, or a restaurant, or you can come in and, and get your seat and uh, and obviously get ready for a huge hockey game between the Vegas Golden Knights and the Florida Panthers. Vegas uh, trying to stop a five-game slide, and the Florida Panthers, second-best team in the National Hockey League, taking a run at a President's Trophy and trying to make sure that they're ready for the Stanley Cup playoffs and win a series for the first time since 1996 some lineup news for you that we want to pass your way brett howden and matthias janmark slated to return to the lineup tonight for vegas so a bit of good news on the forward front for pete DeBoer and company yeah you you look at it and you know granted it's it's probably if you're a fan you're you're hoping for mark stone you're hoping for max Pacioretty. you're hoping for riley smith like i get all of that but from just the simple aspect of you get a bit of a bit of a spark because you've got guys back in the lineup, you have that rub. Now, the other aspect of it too is it kind of solidifies your bottom six into combinations that have worked for you in the past, that over the course of this season have proven to chip in with timely goals and give you a little bit more stable play uh, at the bottom of your lineup. So for the Golden Knights, it, it's anytime you get anybody back in the lineup, it should be a big boost. Uh, but the, the fact that you're kind of able to round out a little bit more depth there, I think is a positive thing. Uh, on the back end, there's bad news. Nick Hag will not play tonight. Not available. Yep. So that takes another big piece out of your lineup. Yeah, I mean, it's, 
Decimated is a word that you could use right now for the Vegas Golden Knights on the blue line. You've got Braden McNabb out. You've got Alec Martinez out. Brett, uh, uh, ben Hutton, still COVID protocol. Uh, and now no Nick Haig, right? So you, you're talking about four guys that would essentially be in the lineup if healthy right now. Um, not available for the Golden Knights tonight. So you're going to have to uh, lean a little bit heavier on Alex Petrangelo, and I'm not sure that that's physically possible, right, like to have him kind of take on more. But uh, the only pairing that's really going to stay intact right now is, is, is Shea Theodore and Zach Whitecloud, and uh, it'll be interesting to see what ends up happening on the third pair for the Golden Knights because earlier today Derek Pouliot was signed to an NHL contract. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daniil Miramanov was recalled from the Henderson Silver Knights, and Braden Pahal was reassigned to the Henderson Silver Knights. So... Who might play tonight? That's going to be interesting. I, I'm kind of leaning to, to, to Pouliot, but we'll see what ends up happening when the lineup comes out. But you don't sign Pouliot to an NHL contract without putting him in the lineup. That's sure. that's my yeah. read on it. Yeah. Uh, certainly they can make a change at the last minute, right. but yeah. uh, they're so strapped right now for players uh, that – you you sign somebody because he was down there in an American Hockey League contract yep. only. Yep. Uh, he uh, he couldn't just be recalled or, or gone back and forth. Yeah. Uh, he was not on a National Hockey League deal. You, you sign him. He gives you National Hockey League experience. Has not played in the NHL in a while. Sure. Since 2019, November of 2019. So it's been a little bit, but a lot of games played uh, in the NHL and played a big role for a while. Uh, talked to a, a couple of people down in, uh, with Henderson. I say down in Henderson, over in Henderson. And uh, the the feedback that I got on Derek Pouliot is that he's he's been their best defenseman for a couple of months. Yeah. And he's been amazing for the young guys. And anybody that plays with Pouliot has been immediately better. Uh, defends really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miramanov is the the best defensive guy uh, with that group. Yeah. Uh, but Pouliot, uh, at this stage, uh, a better defender. And, yeah, you you make that uh, that decision out of necessity. Uh, option, limited options. Sure. Uh, right now. And and experience. Like he, he's the one guy that, that Pete DeBoer and Ryan McGill, who runs the blue line, can put out there that's been through this before, that... When you're when you're talking about White Cloud, uh, Theodore, uh, and uh, uh, who's the, the the third defenseman? Right? White Cloud, Theodore, Petrangelo. and Petrangelo. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, just slipped my mind. Uh, you've got three defensemen that are proven, and everybody else is kind of tiptoeing their way through the early <laughs> yep. part. Yep. You need somebody that you can you can put out there and, and have some faith and some trust in, even though he hasn't played in the National Hockey League in a couple of years. So that that's why uh, right now Derek Pouliot's up with this club. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're betting on the experience that he has, right? You're, you're betting on the NHL games that he's played, and, and maybe you're you're kind of betting on and hoping for some something similar to what you got out of Ben Hutton, who who yep. wasn't playing, didn't have a contract, and, and gets signed for the Vegas Golden Knights in more or less uh, the same type of circumstances earlier on in the year when the Golden Knights were up against it, didn't have uh, enough defensemen. And, you know, Ben Hutton kind of solidified uh, himself on this club, got a, a, a two-year contract extension out of it. So you're, you're maybe hoping for, for lightning to strike twice a little bit here with Derek Pouliot and, and hoping that, uh, that he can come in and give you some solid minutes because if the reality of the situation is – 
you know, if you're in this game, Alex Petrangelo might be playing over 30 minutes tonight. He, yeah, he just, he, I think that's that's he just might have to. That's the the bar. <laughs> and that's and if that's, it was if it was prices right rules, that's the low bar. So oh, let's man. play prices right right now. Oh jeez, prices right. Yeah, come on down, Ryan Wallace. Okay, Alex Petrangelo plays how many minutes? <clears throat> and you go. 30. You can't be. You can't be over. Thirty-one thirty. Thirty-one thirty. That's yeah. good. Yeah. Now I could go thirty oh one. Sure, you could. And be, but I don't like those people that do that. <laughs> I don't like the one dollars. So I, I'm gonna go. With a confident bet. Thirty-three five. Thirty-three oh five. Wow. His his high this year is just over thirty-two. Yeah, I like I like my odds at at thirty one thirty, I do. I don't know why. I just feel, I feel like I'm gonna get get it right on the money. I'm gonna win both showcases. That'd be here. great. Oh, yeah. that'd be awesome. Yeah. I love it when they win both showcases, <laughs> and they they never seem to realize it at first. And they just go goofy. Uh, so Vegas gets two back, Yanmark and Howden, lose one, in Nick Hag. Mm-hmm. What about the rest of them? And we'll boil it down to Robin Leonard, Riley Smith, and Max Pacioretty, who all came home mid-road trip. Here's Pete DeBoer on their status. There's a lot going on with all those guys. Um, I would say, yeah, you know what, I, I, I honestly, I, I'm not... Uh, trying to duck the question uh there's a lot of ambiguity there i mean it's a case of some of those guys are going to skate see how it is and you know it either it could be week to week or it could be day to day you know there, there's that much uh of a, of a swing in some of those cases so but let's put it this way you know none of those guys are on my radar here tonight and uh i would say doubtful you know at least in the near future I was part of that media briefing uh, this morning, or media session, uh, with Pete DeBoer and watched him uh, answer. He was asked about a couple of players, not available, and they were. it was really quick. Not available, not available. And it was David Shane, who, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, mm-hmm. who then uh, jumped in, was just uh, give us a, like a general status update uh, on where where we are with, with Riley, with, with Max, uh, and, and Robin, and... There's never a word out of place with Pete. You guys have heard me say that before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, he's brilliant, and I, I wish I wish I had the ability to process words and deliver them uh, so perfectly with with meaning uh, every time. There's not a word wasted, and Pete even stopped, and because he doesn't he doesn't want to come out and just give you nothing. Sure, but it's. It sounds like it's so complicated with those three players, anyway, uh, with their availability. And Leonard's got the lower body injury. Uh, Patrick got twisted up again. Uh, Riley Smith, uh, I, I didn't see anything happen to Riley Smith. Uh, made it hap- happened away from the play, but usually we, we would have found it by now. Sure. And uh, there's a couple of us nerds who do go through games 
and look for things. I haven't been able to find anything. It may have happened in a previous game, uh, but I but I haven't been able to find it. Uh, and even I have my my limits uh, on nerdiness. Uh, but uh, just we wonder. We're waiting. We desire information, and it sounds like Pete's almost in the same boat with with uh, uh, just dealing with a, a mystery of when these athletes might be available to him. Yeah, I, I think you know. Obviously, the evaluation process takes takes time, and and you know it'd be great if coming home, Pete DeBoer got hard and fast deadlines on on individuals yeah. and and you know it, it, at this point with this injury we we think this is a realistic timeline but it, it doesn't seem like that's the case right now uh for the vegas golden knights it's it's kind of a day-by-day process a day-by-day situation where you're looking at individual players and hopefully um over the next couple of days maybe by trade deadline <laughs> there's a, a clear understanding or a clear idea of who is or isn't going to be able to to play soon for the Vegas Golden Knights because y- you would have to imagine that how the team plays over the next couple of games as well as what those timelines look like will inform what this team's approach is to the trade deadline. Are you, are you like me? Have you kept the phone somewhat handy? Oh, waiting yeah. to see if there's any type of trade or reaction uh, to to both the, the streak and I, probably less about the streak, more to the injury. And uh, and I've been watching just just for the the goaltending side of it, uh, because that's the one that appears to be the most impactful on a, on a night to night basis when it comes to winning. And if if Robin Leonard is bad, then I'm I was expecting something to happen relatively quickly. Yeah, and, and it hasn't. Which which I then put into my own head of well might be sooner than later but I, I, then you listen to pete and you go oh maybe maybe not yeah i mean i i, I get the sense that it, it's still wait and see mode right like i, I think that's kind of where i'm at I, I don't know that today or the amount of time that's kind of gone by has has really moved me from wait and see mode I, I i but your your question about is the phone handy ready next to me all the time and i i I can admit that every time I see a notification pop up for an email, I'm wondering what the press press yeah. release is going to say. 100%. And uh, sleep has, has not been the easiest to come by for me over the last couple of days, I'll tell you that. Yeah, I oh, just want to... I've still been able to sleep. I just want to pop don't, in... Don't get me wrong there. Real quick. I, it, it's it's somewhat to do with hockey, but, you know, you know, whatever. Anyway, go ahead, Chapman. Go ahead and butt in. So uh, Robin Leonard replied to the tweet from the Daily Faceoff when uh, Sarah Valley gave an update on Robin Leonard's health and... Robin simply replied, no true, again, facepalm. Yeah. Which so, I, I, I find kind, okay, of, kind I, of amusing. I wasn't going to touch the Cerevelli report, but you brought it into play. So let's let's give the background on what Cerevelli reported, and then we'll go from there. Oh, you're talking to me? I yes. Thought you're, oh. Well, you're I, the one that brought it in. Well, I just wanted to, to, to put the Robin obviously is paying attention to what <laughs> no I, I know but 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 what was the cerevelli report i i don't know i i don't know what the report was i'm, I'm just seeing robin's tweet now okay so cerevelli reported there was a broken kneecap or a fractured kneecap uh but i wasn't going to go down that path because uh i have my own opinions on on frank and uh the reporting and where the information comes from and some people Darren Drager, 
is Buddy. I, I trust him wholeheartedly. Yeah. Uh, Elliot, uh, CJ, there's there's people that I will uh, pass along reports of to you, the audience, uh, when I feel that, it, that it's uh, accurate. Frank and I are on a different page on this. Uh, it's it, tr- Trust me, it's nothing personal. I don't even know Frank uh, a- at all. But there's just been enough. And there's a couple of people in this sphere of, uh, of reporting in, in uh in the Twitter's Twitterverse, uh, who I will not acknowledge or pass along or retweet or, or anything of, of that ilk. I, I, it has nothing to do with um, uh, a rivalry between Robin and, and Frank, who you've heard uh, Robin refer to as, as Dr. Cervelli mm-hmm. uh, in the past. Uh, it's just more about accuracy, and Frank hasn't been right enough for me to pass it along to you the audience uh to be going down that path so that's why i didn't i didn't bring it up during the show uh, and go down that path but uh, chapman has has brought it up uh, through robin's tweeting so uh that's fine uh i have, I have no issue with that because it is relevant uh, when when robin leonard uh, starts uh, start tweeting it um initially frank saravelli reported that uh, uh I believe it was a torn labrum from Robin Leonard, yep. and that he would be out long term. Yep. Uh, and Robin's since played uh, uh, since that report, and then Robin talked called him uh, Dr. Cervelli in a in a media conference. This time it was Cervelli uh, reporting that it was a fractured uh, kneecap, and and Robin has responded. So that I st- I still don't know what the injury is. It's a lower body injury. I know the play uh, where. Uh, I believe that that Robin got hurt. Mm-hmm. It, it was late in the game uh, against the Philadelphia Flyers when he went across crease. It kind of works with the lower body injury assessment. Uh, uh, so, uh, but I, I I don't know whether it's a hamstring or a knee or a, or a, a, a Achilles or whatever. I, I have no idea uh, what it is. Uh, but it doesn't appear to be a fractured kneecap. And the the rivalry between Frank. And who's got a website and a business, and he's he's trying to do what he can to, to make it work, and I love that uh, because I've got the old, same thing going on a, on a podcast on a separate project. I, I love that kind of uh, energetic uh, uh, and go make the make things work for yourself. But it doesn't appear to be right in this case. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously we we all know Robin Leonard, right? Like we all know that uh, if there's something that that he is seeing out there that is either not true or feels crosses a line. He is one of those athletes that's going to make a statement about it, and he did uh, on Frank's report. So that's uh, essentially all I need to know. Like, listen, until there's an official announcement as to what the injury is, and we may not get that, right? Like, we may not get that from the Golden Knights. We might not get that over the course of the next couple of days. That's fine. I don't need to speculate. It, the, the fact of the matter is, Robin Leonard's unavailable. Like, whether yeah. or not we know exactly what the injury is or we don't know what the injury is, all we know right now is that Robin Leonard's unavailable. What Frank Saravelli reports, whether whether it, 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 it's no bearing on whether or not Robin Leonard's going to be available to the Golden Knights tonight, and he's not. So that's really where I, I stand on that. I don't mind this rivalry between the media, some media members and reporters kind of makes it entertaining as long as they're not yelling at me well you don't say anything right? controversial no not anymore <laughs> what would what would like 28 year old Darren Millard say to you today oh I was a smart ass <laughs> I was a so my 28 28 year old 27 year old me yeah would make fun of me totally 
for uh, for toning it down and being too conservative. Yeah, because I was a smart ass. Doesn't back surprise in the day. me at all. Yeah, and I still can be. You have your moments, but usually but, with Chapman. Yeah, w- but when it comes to reporting and uh, and trying to dissect certain situations, I've I've matured somewhat over the years. Um, so there's Pete DeBoer on where where the situation is with his goaltender with Riley Smith and Max Pacioretty. Does that? Like, how do you feel about that? You're going into Florida Panthers, L.A. Kings tonight. You've got uh, uh, the trade deadline on Monday. Make you more nervous? I, make you make you anxious? I, as far as the trade deadline goes, I, I don't know that the individual injuries right now are, are the thing that makes me the most nervous. I think it's whether or not the Golden Knights can string together a couple of wins. Like, I, I think that you need to find some points here over the next two going into the trade deadline if you're looking to try to supplement this in any way shape or form um but you know the fact of the matter is what we know about the injuries is insignificant it's all what the front office knows about the injuries it's all about what kelly mccrimmon and george mcphee and pete deboer know of the players that are out and when they might be back in kind of informing the decision so um I don't know that I feel any more confident or comfortable in anything because I just don't know what's happening. I don't know if Riley Smith is going to be an option in a week. I don't know if Max Pacioretty is going to be available to play um, by the weekend or shortly after the trade deadline. We don't know the timeline on Robin Leonard. So I'm more anxious. It, I, 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 I wanted something, yeah, well, and I didn't get I, I don't. I got, I got a bit of a timeline. I don't think you're getting a timeline until Monday. Mm-hmm. Like I, I legitimately don't think that you're getting a timeline until Monday, and the only reason that I say that is why would Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee tip their hand? Right? Like, like if, if like let's just say for the sake of argument, the Golden Knights aren't going to get a defenseman back. Mm-hmm. Why would you let the hockey world know that ahead of the trade deadline? You wouldn't. It, you wouldn't tip your hand until after the trade deadline passes. So I wasn't terribly surprised that the updates we got today weren't necessarily concrete updates in which we have a, a real clear timeline. We got you know somewhere between day-to-day and week-to-week, and we've been in this area before. Um, but to me, I, I'm not that surprised, to be honest. We've got some uh, time for one-timers, news and notes from around the National Hockey League. One-timers brought to you by Paul Powell Law. More lawyer, less fee. Patrice Bergeron, at least one more game for the Boston Bruins. Uh, so the Bruins without Patrice Bergeron. But it does sound like there's uh, an end to that where a light at the end of the tunnel where they're going to get him back. Uh, Thomas Shabbat is out for the season for the Ottawa Senators with a fractured hand. That's a bummer. Yeah. And I know it didn't doesn't impact them because they're, <laughs> no, they're not going to make the playoffs uh, oh. at all or be able to uh he wasn't going to be traded or uh, go down the path of, of being shot but still that's that's that, a bummer that for thomas shabbat just sucks uh ben Sherratt will not play tonight for the florida panthers uh just uh visa crossing the border yeah so he's not going to be in the uh in the lineup uh for the the florida panthers and he kind of calmed uh, after the the flurry of action for a couple of days. Everybody caught their breath today uh, in the National Hockey League regarding trades and deals. Darren, we have a day off on Sunday, so you know Sunday is going to be absolutely bananas. Oh, you think you're going to be tied, like, like pulled right in? 
Oh, for sure. I, I think there's going to be some action on Sunday. And then uh, obviously Monday will be interesting to see how it all goes. But, you know, as far as like Claude Giroux, like we all kind of anticipate that, that he's going somewhere. And you wonder if tonight, game 1000, if, if that's kind of like that, that moment where, okay, now talks can seriously pick up and, and we can get some players involved in this Claude Giroux sweepstakes. Montreal says they will not trade either one of their primary goaltenders. I guess it depends on who you consider your primary goaltender. Well, that's, that was going to be my question. Is, is Carey Price... Carey Price is be, back skating, practicing. That would be your primary goaltender? He's not practicing right? with the team. Jake Allen's expected to play... Uh, is he playing tonight? <laughs> uh, he was He was projected to uh, to be able to go tonight. I, I don't know whether he's, uh, he's actually in the lineup or not, but... That was he one is. that they had circled. So Jake Allen's back. Yep. Uh, Sam Montembeau uh, and the Hamburglar are also uh, part of that uh, that group right now. I'm thinking that it's Jake Allen and Carey Price who Kent Hughes is talking about. I went to school with Kent Hughes. Did you? Not this Kent Hughes. A different Kent yeah. Hughes? Okay. And I can't get that guy out of my head every time I say it, general manager Kent Hughes. What you just did was very confusing because you said I went to school I know, with Kent Hughes. And I'm but like, oh, I did. The general manager. No, you didn't. Not when you're talking about a specific Kent Hughes. Yeah. Uh, we got tickets to give away for Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Kings. Caller number 52. Uh, <laughs> caller number 52. 702-876-1340. Call now. Caller number 52 uh, for two tickets to Saturday's game against the Los Angeles Kings. I did go to school with Kevin Dayoff. There's not, Kevin there's not, Dayoff? There's okay. not two of those. Got it. He got me through math. Grade 12 math. <laughs> True story. Totally cheated off him. Not surprised. And he was awesome about it. Not surprised. I paid him back, though. I've been really nice to him over the years. In fact, he might owe me a favor or two now. We got uh, the Florida Panthers against the Vegas Golden Knights coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas. 